This is Clayton for Podcast Radio Business, and we're joined by Arnie Bangsgal Matthiasen, an educator and the owner of Dumbphone. And we're here to discuss when it's smart to be dumb and why Gen Z are choosing dumb phones as part of their digital detox. Thank you for joining us, Arnie. Thank you. Thank you for, for letting me be here. You're most welcome. Arnie, please tell us more about your role at Dumbphone. Um, my role is that I'm, I'm a Danish entrepreneur and I make school experiments in Denmark where the core concept of it is that I, I make it a fun experience to live for 10 days without a smartphone. And I do this by offering uh, the opportunity of living with a dumb phone for this period of time. That could be, we have the schools in Denmark where there's, there could be 150 students and I, I make it an experience for all of the students to seal off their smartphones in envelopes and then they get a dumb phone living in this period of 10 days. I'm just imagining that happening in the UK and <laughs> I think we might have yeah. a riot on our hands with the younger people who seem to be very much attached to their phones. There's lots of emotions in it for sure. That's uh, I can imagine, I can imagine that there are certain responses that you get. I mean, there's this recent trend and it seems to be that digital detox is becoming a thing now. And there are different age groups in the UK, particularly 43% of adults who have participated in digital detox. Can you elaborate on that recent trend? From my experience is that, that there's quite a lot of people who, who are experiencing that their smartphones is maybe like removing more from their life than it's giving, like especially when it comes to presence and uh, stress levels and so on. And there's, there's a, there is a very big interest in, in, uh, like in how to limit the amount of screen time and how to limit the impact the smartphone has on you. And that's where the dumb phone movement is very interesting because it gives a very tangible and uh, solution and gives a, it's, it's a very simple yet very effective solution. Do you think that people are so attached to their smartphones? They're thinking to themselves, why would I want to break up with my smartphone? I love it. I take it to bed with me. I take it when I go out and I take pictures and I talk to people occasionally. Why would somebody want to break up with their smartphone? Of course, there is a lot of people who who don't want to break up their smartphone. And also, I, there's, there is also a lot of people who don't have problems with their smartphone uses. But there is also a, a quite a large amount of people who are frustrated about how the, their smartphone use is affecting them. And I think people are like aware themselves if it's, if it's um, for example, let's say that they're using TikTok and they, they just had an intention of using it for five minutes, but they end up using it for two hours. I think most people who are experiencing that can recognize that it's you probably don't feel the best about yourself after these two hours. What you say there is actually very interesting is because smartphone use now has developed an almost guilt attached to it. Yeah. That you, 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 you want to look at your phone for five minutes to find directions and you find yourself then looking at one YouTube video and then an, an Instagram and then a tweet and whatever. Did you find in the times that you've been dealing with this particular area and your work as the owner of Dumbphone, did you find that post-pandemic people's attitudes changed? That's, that, that's maybe hard for me to uh, elaborate on because I, I, actually my project started very recently. There's two years ago since I, I started the project. 
So it was actually post-corona that I started it. Right. So I'm not entirely sure about that, but I, I think a lot of people can recognize that it's during corona that there was... Uh, it's, it's, it might have been easier to fall into the trap of those rabbit holes and spend a lot of time like, on, on your smartphone. Do you feel that going forward that dumb phones are really the answer? I think a combination between a dumb phone and a smartphone is a very, very good solution. That, that, I had a thought like just to something that you mentioned like before that was a, about the smartphone is it's, um, it's a paradoxical thing because there's so many valuable things uh, that we're using it for. But when we, for example, want to go in and use, that could be Google Maps or something like that, we are like passing directly by the app that we might be like, tempted to go into. So it's very easy when you have like, when you have an intentions that is, uh, that is more um, practical intentions of using your smartphone, then it's very easy to fall into the rabbit hole because it's just next to the tempting app. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> regarding the, the, like the whether dumb phones is could be the solution. My experience is that it's very, very, very difficult to live entirely with a dumb phone. It's it's only I think realistic if you are, let's say, like for example, going on a holiday where you don't need those specific apps that is very, very helpful on your smartphone. But if you like wanna like the the, the one solution that I see that is most realistic that is the combination between having a dumb phone and a smartphone. And the idea here is that you are kind of pulling the phone part out of the smartphone and putting that phone part into the dumb phone. Yes. And then what you're left with, what, what you previously saw as your smartphone, that is now uh, what I would call a mini tablet. And the nice thing about a mini tablet is that a mini tablet does not require you to have it within one meter. It does not require you to have it in your pocket like a phone does. A phone is, is, is anxiety provoking to have a to leave your phone at home or to leave your phone in the entrance because you could miss out on an important phone call. Mm. And that's where I see that the mini tablet is really nice because it's, you can, uh, for example, let's say you come home from work and you want to leave it out in the entrance. You can now do that with the peace of mind, knowing that you are can still receive the important phone call on your dumb phone when, when you're in your living room with your kids or friends or family. Yes. Yeah. I think that's, a, that's, and then maybe occasionally you can do it once a week or twice a week, just entirely leave the now mini tablet at home and go downtown uh, to have a cup of coffee with some friends, uh, just with your dumb phone. Yeah. And I'll, I'll bet you that you will have a more present experience uh, going downtown this, this once or twice a week. I think this combination is pretty strong. Do you know something? I've never thought about yeah. it like that, but actually that is quite a good combination to transfer, yeah, yeah. transfer the heavy lifting, if you like, to the tablet or the mini tablet. And then obviously keep your smartphone for those communications when you want to interact with people. Yeah. My experience is that there are very few people who who have been thinking about this uh, way of doing it. But my experience is that like every single person I know who are living with a dumb phone in their daily life, they're doing this solution. They're doing this a combination. They're not like going like totally back to the Stone Age and living entirely with a dumb phone. They're, they're, they're doing the combination of, of having both a dumb phone and having the tablet, mini tablet. Yeah. This is pretty functional. Yeah, it, might, it is without a doubt. But I want to pose another question, which is a little yeah, bit yeah, trickier. Thank you. And this is the one that is interesting for our listeners at Podcast Radio Business, is that yeah. business people... We've become addicted to our phones. We think we're going to get the latest deal. We think we, we're going to, you know, take out our phones and market our businesses. How can we ease that 
addiction to smartphones because we we've been promised smartphones as as the business tool you can run a business from your smartphone how can yeah. we ease that addiction and and that's probably true like there's there's lots of beneficial things uh, for business in a smartphone it comes back to the same point i think uh, also for focusing in regards to work i think if you had if you had the setup of having the dumb phone and you have the like now mini tablet and you go to work if you have a specific place that you're placing this mini tablet, formerly known as your smartphone, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you will experience that it's easier to be like productive and easier to be focused. Um, yeah, so so that could be a solution that could uh, I, I see f- like functioning in a professional daily life. I noticed, and in the survey, it mentioned that 61% of Gen Z are stepping away from their smartphones. Are the younger people really leading the way in this um, um, new frontier of of, of dumb phone use? Um, that's like my experience from from uh, the experiments that I'm doing in Denmark is that it's yeah the, the, the young young people are um, very aware of uh, of how it's affecting them and it almost has also become a little bit of a, like a hipster thing to uh, to uh, yeah. <laughs> almost like a statement uh, that you pull out this uh, this phone that has like real buttons on it and yeah so it's um i it almost is just like a small statement as that that's uh, yeah and it's also like, maybe it's also like illustrating that you're you're appreciating the being present with your friends because i i i truly also believe that it if you're incorporating it in a pretty good way into your life, you can also end up being more present with your friends and be able to listen like better to with your friends. And do you think that's really the social aspect of it? Because now we've really reached peak smartphone because yeah. the recent Apple models are very similar to the ones that were around 10 years ago. Yeah. There's not much change apart from a newer camera or a faster processor. Yeah. So people are realizing a phone is a phone is a phone. But the fact is, is that you won't, won't, you go to a concert and people are holding up the phone as opposed to watching the band. And I think people are starting to resent that. And do you think that's really where the dumb phone is now going to be in the position where it doesn't necessarily usurp the, um, the smartphone, but people now realize I need to live in the moment. I really think that there's there's a lot of people who are like eager to to um, find ways of being more present in the moments and and yeah like regarding the concert I also I, I it's it's a funny thing like because the the concert uh, concert producers they're probably making like 4K videos that you can watch afterwards so <laughs> why like remove your presence from that concert I don't know uh, I I my experience is that there, there really is a large majority of people who are eager to f- find ways to limit their the way that their smartphone is affecting them. And I, also, I haven't met a single person uh, ever almost like, who, who, who are not doing something like uh, who are not like trying some tricks and the, on their smartphone that could be like uh, restricting the notifications or like, like choosing to set it on silent mode in the evening or choosing I haven't met a single person who haven't tried like to do the at least a little bit in order to to limit the the interruptions that it's giving in their daily life. So it, it seems like a lot of people are rec- like thinking that this is affecting them. So as an educator of digital well-being, 
obviously you're seeing lots of trends. Can you sort of give an insight as to how children can benefit from detaching themselves from smartphones? Yeah, I I think um, it's it's really like the the core uh, experiments I do that is with with young people in the age of 15, 16 years old. And it is really challenging to convince them to try this for 10 days. I'm, I'm doing my best and I'm, I'm using all like tricks I can like to try and, and convince them to try it. Yeah. But I think the real, uh, the, the, the most low hanging fruit where you, where it's easy to create a lot of value that might be, um, in the age before the children, uh, before the children are getting their first smartphones. Because like a lot of people like are arguing like when they want to give their their uh, child the first smartphone, they're arguing that it's because uh, they want this like to be able to communicate and they want their kids to be able to call them. But that's feasible. That's doable with a like a feature phone, like a dumb phone. Is is so? I think I think that there's potential for if it becomes more of a recognized solution. There's potential for postponing the age of when smartphones becomes a. a, a part of a child's life with maybe three or four years, especially I think if you're doing it, that could be within a classroom. And I think it's important to to step in exactly the time when the first parent in a classroom is talking about, now we want to give our child a smartphone. I think if, if you at that point chose to talk about, maybe we should give all of our kids a dumb phone um, and see how that works for three years, I think it would be a realistic solution on postponing the smartphone introduction mm. into a child's life with maybe three or four years. I think that's interesting because there has been talk in the UK of banning smartphones in classrooms. And maybe that's yeah. not necessarily the answer. The answer is maybe to say you can have a smartphone at home or you can have a smartphone for leisure time. But when you're at school, all you need is a dumb phone yeah yeah because you just need to call your parents or text your parents and so <laughs> that should be it or the dumb phone could be the i don't know the the entire uh, daily communication solution for like within that age group up until maybe nine years old i don't i think that's that's feasible you're going to be part of the 10-day detox challenge starting um in november what can participants expect from this challenge and how can it benefit them? This is like a, this is the first like experiment where we are, we are gathering a lot of people from around the world and doing it at the same time. So it would be like people can gain some insights into how their smartphones was affecting them. That's for sure. And I, I it, it, of course, it depends on like to what extent you're doing it because there's, there's obviously there's multiple different ways that you can do it completely what I would call like a full digital detox where you are completely like removing your smartphone for the 10 days and only using a dumb phone. That's going to be tricky, but I, I think you will, you will learn the most and you will experience the, the highest amount of benefit, but it will be challenging. I'm sure about that. But if you do that, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you will experience being more present. I think you'll experience being like sleeping better. That's my, that's what's happening every single time I do an experiment in Denmark. That's the full detox I do with the, with the young people in Denmark. And they're experiencing sleeping better. They're experiencing like being more present, like feeling a stronger sense of community with their friends. They are feeling that it's easier for them to pick up uh, hobbies that they maybe have postponed on working on or easier for them to make homework. So that, that lots of potential benefits in it. 
Where can our podcast radio business listeners find out more information? Okay, regarding the 20th of November, uh, 10-day digital detox challenge, that is on, we're having like a big community on Discord um, where we are all like helping each other out. Like, and I'll, I'll be there to, to uh, guide and to answer questions along if there's any, like, we are, uh, pr- people are probably going to experience like similar challenges. So we, we can help each other out in that way. And then like, if you want to see something like specifically about the experiments I do, I have a, like a website called dumbphone.dk. That's, and then, yeah. And then there's going to be a YouTube series about digital detox. Uh, that's going to be some stuff that, yeah. Excellent. So we will look forward to that. So Arnie Bangsgal Matthiasen, educator and owner of Dumbphone. Thank you for joining us on Podcast Radio Business. Thank you. Thank you. It was nice being here. You're most welcome, sir.